0: Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy
1: thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. And I am somewhat shocked to share that this is now season seven. While I was pondering the theme for this season, it felt difficult to narrow in on one thing that would be most useful to us in this moment, which has been so full of confusion, upheaval, turmoil, and stress. But then it came to me that writing is like this too, and after we get started, after we've been working on a project for a while, there is a point where we're uncertain and where we don't know what to do next. It's a point many of us call the murky middle, and it suddenly felt like exactly the right thing to talk about with an illustrious lineup of authors this season, both new debut writers, as well as household names, in fact. My guest this week is Emerson Whitney. Emerson is the author of Heaven, Ghost Box, and Heat, forthcoming with McSweeney's. And Emerson's work has appeared in the Paris Review, The New Yorker, the Los Angeles Review of Books, and elsewhere. Kirkus, in a starred review, called Heaven, an incisive, nuanced inquiry into gender and body. The Paris Review called Emerson a deft executor of their own unique style, a writer who guides with an intuitive vulnerability and honesty. In a second review, Kirkus compared Emerson to Gertrude Stein and said that they energetically and incisively capture all that complexity and more, demonstrating a kindred spirit to Stein's, but emerging with a voice all their own. Emerson recently completed a postdoctoral fellowship in gender studies at the University of Southern California and teaches in the BFA Creative Writing Program at Goddard College. I had so much fun recording this interview. Emerson and I just, I I felt like one of those episodes where you just get to play. So he and I just went for it into this topic. So in... (laughs) It's a rare thing when the guest turns the question back on you right at the beginning of the conversation. And we went from there. So he was definitely up to have fun with the interviewing process. And I hope, and I'm certain you will have just as much fun listening to the exploration that ensued. Heaven is is really a, a powerhouse of a book that I loved reading and highly recommend. And it was even more of a joy to speak about the process of writing it. So it is with great excitement that I introduce Emerson Whitney. Hey Emerson, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm really excited to talk about heaven and we have a lot of books on this season talking about fiction and writing fiction and the various ways that writing fiction, you can be in the murky middle, you can get stuck, you can be not sure where you're going, but it's always different when memoir enters the mix. And when you're writing about real people who actually exist in your actual life, and right. <laughs> this is a book that did not like hesitate to really go there. And I'm, I'm wondering, and, and I also know that in recent times, there's been a, a shift, um, a huge yes. shift. And so mm-hmm. I'm just interested in the ways that exploring this relationship largely with your mom and mm-hmm. in early life and how that's defined you later or influenced you how did that change as you were writing the book like how did the relationship impact the book how did the book impact the relationship and how are you relating Mm -hmm. to the book now
0: oh so much to say about that thank you so much for for having me and wanting to get into it with me and I agree so much that when we're talking about the murky middle and when we're talking about you know I think I just heard you say go there um Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess I also, I guess I almost want to ask you what you mean by there, because I feel like that is why I am so engaged in autobiographical inquiry. It's my, it's like the there that you're like kind of, you know, shining the flashlight on is, is like kind of the heartbeat of my work. Um, so I guess I would love to hear what you mean by there.
1: And then to tease apart your question a little more from that place. Ooh, I love it when someone (laughs) turns it back on me. It's so satisfying. Um, To me, if I think about there in writing, particularly in writing about personal life, personal experience, it's sort of digging into the point where I don't see immediately another layer to peel back.
0: Interesting. 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 so like I, could we say like oof, truth is a huge word. but like could oh, we say yeah. could we say that right? like I guess um, for you, what you're describing is that there's some not something obscured that it's like laid bare maybe maybe um, I'm seeing you nodding. I feel like that is what I work toward for sure. Like one of the ways that I describe that there is it really does feel like I, I have done what is most risky. So sometimes I have been like the lyricism of my work gets compared to fiction often because it really is meant to be that like, you know, I really, it's very curated. So, you know, I'm, I'm making a feeling with literature, which contains in it all these devices to, to make a feeling so that that capacity feels like art for sure but when the subject matter is my experience with people in my life in the world, um, that's the risk um, because of course in fiction there there's enormous risks for makership and publishing always I think in every way um, but when, yeah. Like you're mentioning my mom, of course, that is the, um, the framework of this book is is, my, is is these really intimate relationships with my mom, my grandmother, and then more largely my family and sort of the patriarchal systems that make us move. The, the kind of puppeteers of, of that in my life and the ways that I saw it, that being the subject, puts my relationships in some ways, at risk because I'm showcasing my thinking about them all. And that is huge. So, yes, when I'm writing and making and then talking about it, I am filleted open. My thinking is wide open for everyone to see, including these people that are affected by how I see them. So, yeah, memoir is amazing. Autobiography is amazing. It is, I, I feel like, you know, I guess you could call it a little bit of an adrenaline junkie um, kind of I, I don't see it as that. I've, I've heard that and I laugh when I hear it. But for me, I don't really know another way. I don't have the facility to put a layer on it. Truth, like I'm saying, is really malleable. So I don't know what is true. But what I'm working with always, the material I'm working with is the way I see things, which is, of course, flawed and funky, but it does create my reality. And so, yeah, that's the,
1: that's what I'm working with. I think that's the there. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. So seeing as we've established a baseline for there, when we're writing about real people in our lives, our comfort level with a there that is there's no more layers i've showed everything i'm all here but as you were saying it 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 completely opens up your feelings and thinking about other people in your lives they have a different experience of there and what there is comfortable for them or how far Mm -hmm. into the land of there this is starting to feel like narnia um (laughs) they're willing to go and so i'm wondering how that has played out for you (laughs)
0: Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, We don't share a truth at all. I think in so many ways. But I guess I noticed that with Heaven specifically, I was shocked actually that no one had any issues with the way they were portrayed or what my thinking was. Everybody was like, "Yep, nope that was that was really close to it." And I think part of the reason why is because what I was aiming to do with that specific work. And I guess in all of my work truly is to share a feeling. I wanted to share a felt sense of experience happened to be my experience, but a felt sense of experience that when my family or these people who end up being characters in a book, when they read it, they were like, no, no, that I got the feeling. And that must've been your feeling. And I was like, well, goddamn, like that is, What more could I have asked for from being read is that people read it and were like, I share this now with you in a way that makes me not only feel celebrated, I guess, in a sense, but but in community. And I think my experience of my family was one that was particularly isolating in my own feelings. So to have them acknowledge that, Yeah, that must have been my truth. Felt great. This next book that I'm working on, actually, I have not done the same sort of sharing out. They all were also kind of like, well, it's your art. Like, we don't really need to know what you're doing, which was sort of shocking for me. Um, I had been, actually, when I was working with Maggie Nelson, she suggested that I share it. She was like, you know, one of the best things to do when you're coming out with a book is to just share it with all the people that are in it and let them check it out before they're sort of shocked by it. And I really like the feeling of being mentored. So I was like, I'll do it. And then with this book, I I guess I also like the feeling of rebellion. So I'm not doing it. (laughs) I kind of just want to see what happens. Um, This next book is more, it's it's, um, more about um, Hank and my brothers and those relationships um, and sort of the kind of ghost of my autobi- of my bio- biological dad or whatever, whatever biological means in that sense. Um, so, yeah, so many of us have that particular kind of ghost. So it's not really about that, but there is that kind of figure in the text, too. And yeah, I'm curious what they all are going to say, but I didn't ask anyone what they think.
1: <laughs> so we'll find out. It almost feels like that's the the next step for the adrenaline junkie of oh no. it's revealing, so you know? Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put all this out there. I'm going to be there, but I'm going to show you. And that's really scary the first time. And so then it's like, well, that's not really so scary anymore. So I got to do the scary thing.
0: Wow, you got me. That is so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. That's very accurate. <laughs> but I think that's the point of writing, isn't it? I mean, in some ways, I think that, if everyone that I talk to about writing, whether it's students, listeners, whatever, or other writers, is we all talk about it like we want it to get easier. Like, oh, I want to <laughs> yeah. figure out how to do this. But would we really be doing it if it got easier? I know I well, would. I really, I really resonate with what you're saying.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yep. Right. It does, I guess. Yeah, that is not my craving for ease. No, you're right. It is not. I do not crave ease. I think, I think what I, what I craved in terms of ease was being able to do it more. So wanting to, to have an easy framework for continuing to make work in the world and to have an easier framework for sharing this kind of art form but absolutely I do not crave an easier subject matter or even, I guess, an easier process of publishing
1: (laughs) in this way. I think if we did, we would be doing very different things. So true. So true. So I'm curious, this was often very, I'm sure, intense material to write about. And so I'm wondering what your process looked like in terms of writing scenes day by day how because to me as much as a feeling there was also a mood like I felt like Mm -hmm. I was inside of this mood and it lasted the whole time I was reading and it's really easy to have this illusion as a reader when you sit down and you read it over a couple of days and you're in this mood but you were you know the writer is always in the mood for months and years (laughs) right that's true how, how was that process for you and how did you work through that? Yeah, I think it was sort of
0: twofold. You're right. It was years and years and years of these kinds of feelings that I was actually writing through. I think I've been thinking a lot lately because I'm working on these next projects. What, how long I actually worked with these particular themes and feelings. So long. So long that they were very well baked in my body so that sharing them in a way was actually pretty straightforward. Like they'd been in the oven, they were cooling on the counter for a while, like things were really well done in that sense. The newer thinking that came into play was more of the theory things. I was really excited as a thinker when I was able to give myself that scaffold. I think a lot about um, how the scenes work. Like I think about tiling something I've been actually tiling bathrooms and so I've been noticing that really when I wrote those scenes they were like more of the you know pieces of tile and the grout which does come at the end at least when you're literally tiling a bathroom the grout tends to you know that you kind of you do you, you get the tiles and then you you grout um that the grout part for me, the way that it actually holds those tiles up the way that they're, that they are, I guess, like, what am I trying to say? Not scaffolded, but, but like, yeah, manifest is through this other place in the writing. It's through the theory that I was able to make the connections between the scenes to hold the scenes together. Once I realized that it, it turned it into a book. So for years, I just wrote those scenes and wrote those scenes and wrote those scenes. And then when the grout came into my life, when I understood what the material was I was really working with, that's when those scenes were manifest into this book. And that was sort of at the end of my process, which was cool. It took me, it took me a while to realize that that is what I was searching for when I was trying to, when I was reading through things, when I was going to school, when I was doing those kind of more intellectual exercises I was looking for the grout and I found it. So that was cool.
1: So good. I have a, I have a similar image that, but I love the grout because the grout holds it in place. Mm -hmm. So the one that I've always had when people like writing this way and writing in pieces is, it's like my old lady image, but it's like crochet squares. And totally. I used to like the granny square method and my students got annoyed with me. They're like, stop calling it the granny square method. So we had to change it to the crochet <laughs> method. Nice. But it's like you make all these pieces and then you connect them later, but the grout totally. feels even more substantial.
0: It does feel like, I mean, it's fun to, I mean, I was working with like all sorts of kinds of tile lately and the really heavy ones. I was, I like, yeah. it was like a super duper intense grout and it made me realize like how, how, um, strong the, the work in between my scenes tends to have to be. It's the kind I don't typically want to do. Like the scenes, writing a scene is luxurious to me. I love it. It is tasty. I get to use all the little devices that I love. I, I love using like a synesthetic framework when I'm making a scene, it feels so fun the grout is more like, and then this happened. When and when I have to connect it slash explain myself, I find that my energy dips. But once I realized that actually, it is the thing that holds it all up, I got more excited to do it. And now on this book that I've finished and and is coming out in February, I didn't even really think about it. I just kind of also, it just, it, it, I didn't need them to be so separate. They were really separate to me in heaven. I really didn't have a personal flow with that yet. And now I feel like it's making more sense. Like just like tiling, like really, I mean, I I can't believe I'm staying with this metaphor for so long. I love it. I'm so here for it. (laughs) I mean, I really have been covered in grout for like, months now I, I, I did a big project that felt really cool to finish so I guess that it's like even on my shirt you don't even know but like there it's like it's literally I mean I've inhabited this um, I can metaphor see it. I can see the ground yeah it's on here so and it's like somehow permanent which I didn't think would be a thing but yeah that anyway. stuff is hardcore it is and so um I noticed that like my appreciation for the strength of that has has made I guess writing a long form piece feels more fun actually than it used to. Mm-hmm. So, I've been I've been really kind of enjoying the the importance of those pieces between the scenes.
1: So, was Heaven originally meant to be a long form project or did it just end up being that after a lot of the shorter pieces have been written? It
0: was I I guess I had many different intentions over the years because I was I was having a a conversation with myself for a really long time about what it even meant to be working through this subject matter um i was a journalist i didn't i thought it was cheesy i didn't want the 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 kind of place where this work gathered up was once i realized what i was afraid of it almost is like i pulled the string of all of these little tiny desired pieces of writing that I had. And they just gathered up like a net. Like all of a sudden it was like, this is a, this is a book. And it was framed around the question of like what I frame in there as the question of causality. So my concern about even writing the book was also coming from that question. And once I realized that I was able to drop the concern and just write it. Prior to that, I was having so much like, oh my God, like no one wants to read this. Like, why would I ever do that? It's so gross. Like, this is you. And then it was like, no, this is not gross. Like, that's actually, I share this question with really a lot of people. The concern that even me wanting to make this piece somehow comes from a, a, a distorted obsession with my own childhood and my relationship with my mom. Once I realized that it that it was shared, I was able to to make it a book.
1: I am fascinated that you thought it was cheesy because if there's was 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 one so adjective <laughs> on yeah. the planet that I would not apply <laughs> to this book, like what's the, if, if I was like, what is the furthest away from this book? I think it would be cheesy.
0: <laughs> right? Like how funny is our, like our own mind is great. Like my own mind around that kind of thing is great because I totally hear you. I fully when I hear people's response, I fully agree that it would probably be hard to give it cheesy. But when I was sitting down to write, like, you know, like even writing my mom felt like gooey to me in a way that mm. was like, who wants to hear about me and my mom? And then once I realized that that gooeyness was the substance of my, in a lifetime of concerns that were sort of hard pressed through patriarchy and, um, you know, white supremacy and all of those big themes I'm always thinking about. Once I realized that I was like, oh, oh, wow. I have to set down these concerns and turn toward the work and let
1: it do its thing. And you're going to hate me for this, but... (laughs) Isn't grout a little bit gooey when you first apply it? It's hard to hate you with the beauty of your colored,
0: uh, color-coded books behind you. No hatred has arisen, yet you're right. Returning to that metaphor (laughs) is, yeah, I'm feeling pained about returning to the metaphor. And yet you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is gooey when you apply it. And actually what I hang out with often when I'm talking to students about making new work is that yeah, like if you're writing from the wound, like I talk about writing from the wound versus writing from the scar, I'm sure you've maybe come across another autobiographer who talks like that. It I've I've heard it around. I don't I didn't come up with that, I don't think. But writing from the wound is actually really important. It doesn't, you don't not write from the wound. You do. But when it comes out, you usually like, I hate what I'm reading that I wrote. I hate it. And, and my encouragement to everybody who's doing this kind of thing is to know that that's a shared experience. We literally, I hate my first drafts. I, they're just, they're gooky, they're fresh all the stuff that would happen if I, was, if I was really describing an actual wound that just happened on my body. But over time, it does, like, in a, in a sense, become less steepy and weird. It actually distills into some kind of a thing that I can then describe with a little bit more perspective. And that, to me, is what I get excited about as a writer is to actually watch that thing transform and to see how when I'm describing this thing that really, really, really hurt often, that is, isn't, doesn't have a full form that because writing is my thinking by the end of it, I'm like, oh no, I have a new perspective on that actual thing. And not only do I have a new perspective, but I actually have something that I can make art with yeah so yeah you're right the gooey part is 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 the substance of art so that's nice
1: and then it hardens into something that can hold a whole lot of things up exactly agreed we've 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 cracked it we totally cracked <laughs> it yep that's the, yeah we've, we found the point I, don't know. I think the thing is though this is the this is the mantra that I hear all the time from people and it does not matter If they haven't yet published, if they've published, if they're New York Times bestsellers, doesn't matter. This, who am I to blah, blah, blah. And for some Mm. reason, it's really up at the moment. This season, it's, I think almost everybody has said it. And Mm. I'm, I'm curious about that voice in the head and and what part of the process it feels like that serves because kind of the oh this is so cheesy why are you writing this cheesy thing is part of that first draft and is part of the transformation
0: Mm -hmm. it does feels it feels absolutely that way for me it does feel like when I'm first doing it I do have absolutely those feelings of like oh no and then and then yeah I guess I just I think I I have a commitment to keep turning toward the work that I dislike maybe as part of this sort of cliff jumping in the squirrel suit kind of thing that we're talking about where I just committed to that long ago. I was like, I commit, I, I, you know, put a ring ring on it. Basically I've, I've, I've married myself to this process and I've also committed to when I'm really engaging with subject matter that feels like that. I actually know I'm onto it when I feel bad about it. I'm onto it.
1: I love that you say it this way, because I always, I've been thinking for years, like whenever the critical voice is up and it's like, this is shit what you're Mm -hmm. doing. And when it gets really, really loud and intense, it's like, when you think about going to the grocery store to like, you know, buy some cereal or whatever, the critic does not say that is a shit idea. You cannot possibly do that. There's just no stakes. So whenever this shows up and says, this is really a shit idea, I'm like, Ooh, we are onto something.
0: Yes and once i realized that it really did unlock this process cuz
1: i was like no 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 i found it
0: when when i get concerned when there's a slight anxiety it, it is that it there's there's the opposite pole of that which is the pole that's excited and so i do like kind of like fear and excitement share share a register. So there was like a weird moment in my life where I started getting afraid of flying. And I had always liked being on, like I weirdly enjoyed being on planes when I was younger. And so it was surprising to me that suddenly when I lived on the West Coast and was far away and needed to fly and was actually doing, you know, things really far away. I was going to get, I was like doing school um in Europe and it required a really long flight. And so I noticed that I was Finding myself hugely anxious about booking tickets and seeing pla- a plane in the sky would make me feel concerned. And then I don't even remember who talked to me about this, but someone in my life had shared that experience and was like, I just dialed it to being excited. I was like, wait a minute, you can do that? And I did. I started to just turn the dial back to where it had been when I was a child to excitement. And when I think about writing like that, I realized that as a kid, I didn't care that I was writing in my notebook describing everyone that I saw and being pretty (laughs) ridiculous in doing so. I didn't care. I would, I like gave my family, like I would like sit upstairs and make little poem books that were like super (laughs) like intense. Like they were always called like the missing piece, you know, it was always like really big feels. I'm a cancer. It was huge feels as a child. And Um, I would give those to my family without care. I was just like, here you go. And they still are traumatized (laughs) by some of the things I wrote as a child. And, you know, my grandparents still, I can't like just read what I write. Like they're they're so worried that they're going to feel a lot of things that that are sad. (laughs) So they asked for a lot of trigger warnings, which is completely fair. Um, but I had no fear. And so in the same way that I realized I could, I could turn the dial about flying, I turn the dial about writing. And I'll just be like, nope, we're, gonna, we're just going to like turn it to excited. Just like when I was 10.
1: It's so good. It's so good. And I think it's, it's important to remember that we do have the ability to do this. Right. So I'm interested because you, you teach as well. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering... I don't actually ever ask this, but I'm feeling motivated to. Is there a piece of advice that you give students that you find is very difficult for you to follow yourself? Like, you know, Ooh. this is a really good idea, but I'm terrible about doing it myself. I'm trying to think. Honestly,
0: honestly,
1: um, my first thought is no.
0: <laughs> like, yes. literally, literally, no. Like, I, like, actually, <laughs> No, like, I feel like because my relationship with you can hear shark calling grandpa. Um, um, the thing about my, I guess. My, well, first of all, I teach when I'm teaching, I'm advising. So that makes it a little bit okay. easier. So like our program at Goddard is way more about just like actually being a little bit of a coach. So being a coach feels less like I'm. I'm telling anybody how to do things more. So I'm supporting wherever folks are and really delighting in that. Um, but every piece of advice I've ever given comes from a place of suggestion around relating to writing. And for me, writing is my best friend. Like Mm -hmm. it's my best friend. So when I get to go hang out with my best friend, I'm honestly so happy. I love my friend. Like, and, and we're saying, you know, I've said the word cheesy at least three times while we're talking. And <laughs> this is, this is exceedingly cheesy Like I feel my face is cheesing as I'm saying it. So I am like smiling, like deliriously about my relationship. That's how I feel. I love it. I love to go hang out. And I think that's for me why autobiography is, is the, is the gig because I am always excited to go hang out with these sort of day-to-day stories that show up in my my reality or in my life. And I don't necessarily delight in other forms in the same way. So like the writing that comes from my relationship to the day just really gives me so much joy that I, I, any suggestion I've ever given comes from that place. And then I I do follow it because I'm so happy about it.
1: I love it. Yeah. I think this is important too, because there are so many narratives about how hard writing is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to go write in that one that's like, it's very easy. You just squeeze blood out of your forehead. The one I keep thinking. Of. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, well then why is anyone doing it if it's so awful? Yep. And, and even it's very refreshing to hear you say this because even with material that is, possibly daunting there still Mm -hmm. is the energy of hanging out with writing as a friend completely and I think even that part I'm talking about where I'm like
0: whoa why am I doing this it's less than this when I'm saying why am I doing this isn't writing it's sharing it that's the part that I find more more daunting I guess but the but the writing itself the the hanging out with my friend I love it that's all I want to do I just love my friend
1: (laughs) I mean, it's so
0: true. Like, I mean, I, I notice, yeah, I notice myself like just getting excited about it, even talking to you. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get off of this and go do some writing. Like, I just love writing. So
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I think that's the best. I mean, that's, yep. I mean, that's how we want to feel about what we're spending our time on. Yeah. Yep. And I can feel it in my body. Like it lights
0: up. And that is also, I guess, how I know what to do next. Like when I'm teaching, I hope that what I'm doing is watering the seed of everybody's delight, truly, because there is a, there is a part of us that underneath that, that concern, underneath the judgment, underneath the sort of negative self-talk or, or whatever phrase we want to use for that kind of thinking, underneath that is delight, I think. And what I would love to do is to just kind of excavate that little part because in my framework of being and of of I guess yeah my way of seeing things is that if i'm doing that thing that i really delight in doing i am also being supportive to those in my life like when i'm really doing what gives me that kind of joy i guess then I am actually inherently participating in the well-being of others in, in, yeah, just I'm participating in my life when I'm doing that thing that brings me joy.
1: So. And I think that the permission is huge as well of, yeah, because the, there is the, who am I to do this? Mm-hmm. And then as you said, you put a ring on it. You've committed to turning towards the work, no matter how scary it is. And I, I think did. that- You did, which I'm like, (laughs) got a fist in the air for that one. Because so many people think that if it feels, if that thought comes up, who am I to do this? That's an indicator that it's wrong or they've taken a wrong turn or they're not in the right place. And because of that, we lose out on so many stories if people stop there. So- Yes, agreed. I just feel very strongly that it's so important not only to see people- stories but to hear that this thought came up for you too Mm -hmm. and it it was there was a need to continue past that thought
0: absolutely and um and actually the thought becomes like you know it starts as a bear but when I'm really clear on it it just becomes a gnat you know it's really little actually over time it's just tiny and it's like buzzing around but I know it's like Socio-cultural and the calls are coming from inside the house, but that's not where they're from. It's like I can just like literally set the phone down and go sit somewhere else. I can give it, I I have actually encouraged people to set a place in their house for that voice. Like to go pull out a chair somewhere and make a little space for it and tell it, you're gonna go sit here until I'm at the editorial. When I'm in the phase of editing, you can return to me. I actually could use the critical help. At that point. But prior to that, I needed to go sit somewhere else and let me do this unattractive looking thing, which is excavating that kind of gross initial thought. And then it can come back and help me. It can help me think about others in my life, the ramifications of what I'm doing. I don't want to make work and publish it without thought and care for other people. I just don't. It's not something that is something I enjoy. Like that part of the of the adrenaline. I do care for everybody a little too much, even often. So that's the balance I'm always seeking. But that kind of discernment really does come from that original voice. That, that original voice is absolutely trying to help me. And it can be invited back and used in a way that really does help the work itself excel because it's sharpened. It's a, sharp, it's a sharpened tool. So I will use it, but just not right now. Just like, I'm not going to like do a weird thing to a pie I'm making. I'm not going to like use this spoon. You know, I'm just going to like use the right tools for the right time, I guess. And that's a that is, a, that is a great tool. It just at the beginning, it's not necessary. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally with you because yeah, it is helpful and it, it does have a positive thought in mind, but it, it's trying to protect us, but probably the best way to protect us is not to eliminate the whole book from existing because then everyone misses out on the benefit of what could have been written.
0: Yep. And I always want more books right now. I'm looking at an apple tree and it is just full. It's totally full of apples. I would not tell that tree. Oh my God, you can only have one. You'd only, only make one apple, please. Like, I want all the apples on the tree. I want them all. And some of them I won't consume because, you know, I can't, I guess, probably consume that many, nor I'm sure there's like reasons why I wouldn't want to eat certain ones on there. But like, yeah, I definitely want all the apples. So like, there's not, there's really nothing wrong with, with more writing in the world, truly. Um, we can talk about access and, and how, you know, publishing as usual, is funneled through cis white heteropatriarchy, and how um, really so much of our work is making sure that uh, that that groups that have been denied access have access to that. And yet, that's not in some ways. I don't think anyone would say, "Don't make your art like just make your art and also make access." Like it's really it's really pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like let's fill up the trees. Let's get all the apples. Exactly. So, and yeah. then we can make pies. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we could go on all day and probably come up with many more metaphors which I would absolutely love to do. But I am We You're really making a lot of metaphors. are so many, so good. <laughs> but given that there's another book coming, I hope there will be another opportunity to talk more. But thank you so Same. so much for coming on. It's been thank a Thank you so much for having me. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show?
0: Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of Acast shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.